our own system of and political energy for to control that. We have produced through in Ireland for energy anyway is here in renewable energy. There's yes the media. We have to as a problem deal with you. You know, and the certain that and I think Dublin Airport operator, the DAA, has secured permission to install a new paid drop off and pick up zone for the country's busiest airport, Dublin Airport. And it follows Fingal County Council granting planning permission, the DAA, to install infrastructure and to change the internal roadwork at Dublin Airport to allow the scheme for the new paid drop off and pick up zone at Terminal One and Terminal Two. Right, so here's the way it works, okay? You normally say, you know, Ashling's my sister and I'm dropping her off at the airport to go in her holly bags with her suitcases. I'll drive up to Dublin Airport, drive into the Terminal Road, jump out of the car, take out her cases, say, see you now, have a good time, hug and a kiss, bye-bye, have a great time, and then I drive off. Simple as that. That's normally what people do. Some people might go into the short-term car park and, you know, and they'll stay with them for a while for a drink or something before they go off in their holliers. No more! Because if you do that now, there's going to be cameras at each end. They'll take a photograph of your registration, the APR. They'll take a photograph of your registration plate and you'll be charged for the privilege. It just seems to be constantly charging people. They say it's all part of sustainability. And obviously the, the idea is to reduce the amount of traffic and reduce the amount of people using their cars, etc., etc., and to use public transport. Joining me on the line is Ian Kerry, Green Party Councillor for Swords. Good afternoon to you, Ian. Hi, Niall. Thanks for having me on the show. Good. Now, Erlingus or the DAA are saying this is all part of the new sustain- sustainability agenda. They will have a free drop-off point in the long-term car park, but so that's not much use to people because they're going to have to allow an extra half an hour then to get the little shuttle bus over to the airport, etc., etc. Do you think this is a good idea, or is it fair? Well, from my perspective, you know, I would worry that the airport is really missing the bigger picture when it comes to trying to achieve emission reductions. You see, what the airport's doing here is focusing on the land side and uh, not focusing on the, the big emitters that they have on the air side, which is the aircraft. Mm. Um, so, like, from my perspective, I think what, what I'd like to see the airport do is refocus on how much emissions we're likely to actually reduce by various measures they can implement there. As in, like, what are the things that are going to get our biggest emission reductions? And I don't believe that charging people for dropping off there is going to have the effect of delivering kind of meaningful emission reductions, um, not least because they're giving people another alternative, which is to just go to the red long-term car park and get a shuttle bus over. So they're not really going but to... that's just an inconvenience, isn't it, really? That's just exactly. inconveniencing people. I mean, look, I, I don't know if other airports do this, but I have been to many airports around the world, and I have never seen a system whereby you have to pay to drop somebody off. Yes, it does tend to be a little bit chaotic. You know, no stopping in the red zone, please stop at the white zone, all that's going to carry on. It tends to be a little bit chaotic in most airports when you see taxis or people dropping people off. But that's always the way airports have been. Um, and we don't have an alternative. There was a plan for a metro, as you well know, from Swords into the city centre. Most of the countries from their airports, including Heathrow and many others, will have you know, a, sh- a, shuttle bus, a particular shuttle bus service, a subway, a train, a metro, or an underground, or whatever it happens to be. We don't have that. We don't have that public transport system. Absolutely. If you look at other airports as well, you can see the costs. Uh, there, there are a number of airports operating these kind of charges. Say, for example, if you look at just up the road in Belfast there, it's, they charge a pound for your drop-off there for 10 minutes. And that's the same as what's, what's happening in Cardiff Airport. But if you look over to Edinburgh and Glasgow, you can see that the drop-off charges there are £4 for your, your first 10 minutes and five euro, or £5 for a pickup. So this is what a number of airports are, are starting to implement. 
around the world. It strikes me as opportunism, to be honest with you. Just at a time, I suppose, when Irish people are complaining about the cost of everything and the cost of just living here. And by 2026, I believe, we'll be the most expensive country in Europe. I'm not surprised when I see these, these little niggly costs that are constantly adding to our weekly budgets. I mean, it's just a bit unfair. And as you rightly said, look, no matter what your belief about climate change and uh, sustainability and everything, this is not going to make a huge difference. This is just the tip of the iceberg. You're right. If we really wanted to tackle that, we talk about, you know, the development of electric planes or uh, low emission pla- engines and all that kind of stuff. That's where they should be going, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially when you're trying to achieve modal change and there isn't the alternative, like you said, this will be something that could be really effective if we get Metro online and... Uh, I think ultimately, like, I do support making it more difficult for uh, people to drive once there, once there are alternatives in place and you're likely to actually get emission reductions for that. Well, I think what's, what's important about what you said, you do support making it more difficult, and it, that doesn't, I don't know if that doesn't sound too bad, once there's something to replace it with. And, yeah. and something reasonable to replace with, not something that's very costly. I mean, but that's the problem. And that's always the way we do things in this country. And it's the same with the situation we have at the moment with the current cost of diesel and petrol, for example. And I'm sure many people, uh, Green Party and climate change activists, are probably delighted to some degree. Uh, of course, the people are using their cars less. But it's unfair to punish people. And I, when it comes to you know sustainability and going forward for climate change and environmentally friendly and all that kind of stuff, it's fair to have an alternative and to offer and encourage the alternative, but to punish people when you don't have the alternative, i.e. putting taxes on diesel and petrol when really electric cars are out of the cost of most people's reach. Uh, it's just unfair to punish people, isn't it? I mean, if we, if we waited all our climate action on charges, you know, we ultimately fail because we won't bring people along with us uh, on making the changes that we need to do. Yes, we have to do some charges and nudge people in the right direction but we can't make things so difficult for people that they seek to abandon you know action on climate change altogether uh, and i think that focusing relentlessly on how we can uh, you know get the emission reductions is the w- right way to do it because at least people say look they've done everything now we're moving on to to tackling cars or some of the more difficult things we don't start with the ones that punish that make life more difficult for people we start with the ones that we need to do first and you know <laughs> you can tell from the airports that ultimately the, I don't think their ambition around climate, climate emissions is as strong as it should be. You know, they're aiming to get 10% reduction on their operations by 2030. If you look at other airports like Frankfurt, they have targets of like 53% by 2030. But they now, might be unreasonable to, targets, are they? 50% is... I, I don't it's think it's so. Like, it's, it's like you know, I mean, you have to agree. I mean, I, I understand your support, obviously, for the Green Party and for sustainability. But this idea of net zero by 2050 is, is a bit uh, a bit of a dream, really, isn't it? A bit of a fantasy. I don't think we can achieve that. Not at all. It's absolutely achievable. And, and we need to kind of get ourselves on the road to achieving net zero. And, but your net zero, we'd be living in caves, for God's sake. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, <laughs> we, have, we have the capacity to deliver a really clean um, uh, elect- electricity system and power system in this country. In fact, we have the opportunity here for a power system that could fund or that could power a lot of Europe off the West Coast through things like floating uh, wind turbines. Like, the potential there is absolutely massive. And Ireland could become an energy exporter in the future if we continue to go down this road and invest. Like, I mean, look at what's happening with, with Russia and the Saudis and that. Do we really want to be in hock to these countries when we can actually power... No, our I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't believe we should be... Real. I mean, and by the way, with 
I suppose, the resources we have around this country, we shouldn't have to rely on other countries for power or for energy or for gas or whatever it happens to be because we have plenty of it there ourselves. And I know you don't like the fossil fuels, but we have plenty of it there ourselves in the interim until we get to a point where you're happy and the Green Party are happy. And I'm, you know, I'm not far behind you, you know, in relation to... I, I, do, I don't believe electric cars are the future, but the way I believe hydrocars are probably the future. I think the, the electric car is the stop-off point in between until we develop something better. But in saying that, we're not going to get to that point ever unless we make it affordable. And I listen to people all the time saying, yeah, I wouldn't mind going to the electric car or even hybrid in the interim, but they can't afford it because the prices are too high. You want people to come along board with you. You want people, you you want to to encourage people to be uh, green friendly, but yet it's out of most people's reach. The same with Eamon's plan, you know, for this, the retrofitting. It's all well and good saying I'll give people half the money up to 25,000 euro, but if they don't have the money in the first place, if, you know, Mary who lives in a house in Crumlin and an old semi-detached house, which is probably D-rated at this stage, and she wants to get it up to at least B or A, she's not going to be able to afford to retrofit her home or pay back a loan over 20 years or whatever it happens to be because they don't have the money yeah look i mean well if we divert into the retrofitting the government is is committing a, a good proportion of the money towards people in in social housing and on lower incomes in fact two-thirds of it are going to those so there's many people who will be getting their house retrofitted if they're in a social house just for nothing and there's a lot of other initiatives that are there to have people on lower incomes too and um, but actually we need to do every house so we also need to have some amount of uh, money to encourage people who can afford a little uh, and, and that have saved money. We know there are many people who saved money during the pandemic and to get that, to deploy it so that, you know, they make their mm-hmm. house uh, warmer. And, you know, there are a lot of people who can do that and we should be encouraging people as best we can. But yes, having the focus on those who can't. And I think the government are getting the balance right when it comes to the retrofitting. Okay, uh, but, but, like, but just, just finally, in relation to what Erlingers have done now, but so I don't know what the charge is going to be. They haven't mentioned what the charge is. If it's going to be €2 euro an hour or wherever it is or two fifty or whatever it is. Um, it's another charge for people. And I, I asked the question going back, oh, about a year ago, we were talking about it when it was kind of a lot in the news, the focus was on green energy, et cetera, et cetera, electric cars. And I said, would you be willing to pay when it comes to your support for climate change uh, and being environmentally friendly? Are you willing to pay? And 50% of people in and around that said, yes, of course I would. I'd be willing to pay the extra few quid, you know, if it was good for the planet. But here we are in a situation over the last week where petrol and diesel, both fossil fuels, have gone up to two euro. Uh, some of that, by the way, due to taxes. Uh, well, one twenty of that two euro is due to taxes. Some of that, by the way, your taxes, Ian. Not you personally, but the Green Party's taxes. And people are complaining. They're not willing to pay it. So it just goes to show we're complete hypocrites. We're not really willing to pay. Now, I know the reason the price has gone up is well due to what's happening in the Ukraine and other problems as well, by the way, because the price was going up before the Ukraine came along anyway, based on speculation. So, in other words, people are not willing to really pay extra because they don't have it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I know, I totally understand what you mean. I mean, I, I'm part of the Green Party, you know, but I still drive a car and I still heat my home with kerosene, unfortunately. So when I've gone out to look at how much it's going to cost for the next round, I'm seeing serious increase on that. Um, but I think what we need to ask ourselves is how do we get out of the situation where we are having real volatility in our energy system? And the only way we can genuinely get out of these kind of fluctuations because of geopolitical reasons is to do it ourselves and to control our own energy system. And the only way we have for that is through renewable energy that's produced here in Ireland. And uh, that, uh, you know, we have to deal with the immediate problem. Yes, there's a 
there's a surge in the cost now. And I think the government are going to do what they can to deliver on that. But in the medium term and the long term, we shouldn't let something like this distract away from the ultimate goal of making you know, uh, uh-huh. like a really stable system okay. for us in, in maybe 5, 10, 15 years' time, you know. In relation to what the government are going to do about that, by the way, just finally, uh, Leo Varadkar said he's waiting for a white paper to come back from Europe before he considers reducing excise duty. And I know some other countries have already done it. Hungary have capped it at 131 a litre. Uh, Poland have reduced the VAT rate. Um, Michal Martin said it wasn't possible to reduce the VAT rate. That would be illegal under EU law, but we've just found out that it actually isn't illegal. He could do it if he wanted to. Um, would you be willing, uh, with the Green Party, I know you can't speak for Eamon Ryan, but would you be willing to, you know, waiver the environmental and green charges that are currently on diesel and petrol for a temporary period of time? Well, I, I don't know. I can't speak on behalf of the Green Party, but for myself, I think the government should consider what the European approach is going to be and deliver in line with that. The problem with unwinding the carbon taxes because of an immediate problem is that they're being used to fund a lot of really positive things that are uh, to the benefit of people. So like a third of the carbon tax is going to um, for social welfare payments for the most vulnerable. So like, I mean, we saw increases in the fuel allowance. We saw increases in the qualified child allowance and the living alone allowance. They're allowances that are targeted at the most vulnerable in society. So they're people who are are the elderly. We'd make make those taxes up some other way, Ian, and they always do. They balance it up some other well, way. No, I mean, but I'm, I'm talking about at the I'm talking about just at the pump scene. You know, are, would the Green Party? Do you believe the Green Party would be willing to forego or certainly waiver the environmental green charges um, just for a short period of time to alleviate this until the price of a barrel of oil drops back down again? I think the most important thing is what matters at the pump, and if we can deliver a, a government. Um, decision that actually amounts to reducing the cost for people, I don't see why there'd be a reason to unwind the um, So the answer the is no. Carbon taxes. So the because answer, the answer is no. We're getting, more, we're getting far more benefit out, out of those particular taxes. But, but you're, you're missing the point. If you reduce the excise duty or the VAT, you're still reducing taxation to the state anyway, which it pays for social welfare and all those other things too. So something has to suffer no matter what tax you remove. I'm only asking, are you willing to waiver your one? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> and the answer seems to be no. Oh, but I get I get the point you're making. Uh, this is Ian, I appreciate you coming on the air. Ian Carey, a Green Party councillor for Swords. Thanks very much, Lee. Our own system and political energy for to control that. We have produced we're in Ireland for energy. Anyway, is here in renewable energy. There's yes, the media. We have to, uh, as a problem, deal with you. You know, and the uh, that, and I think, 